Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink. Have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. burger mutiny radio thinks you'll find the best burger in san francisco at counter offer located inside bender's bar and grill counter offers menu aims to please your drunk face tater tots are served daily on tuesday nights counter offer serves specials off the taco bell menu only better you can enjoy your favorite taco bell item without the guilt counter offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit special ingredients are made from scratch daily including beans ketchup mustard habanero sauce and ranch dressing counter offer even serves vegan mac and cheese all of this great food is served 2 p.m to 10 p.m daily and until 11 p.m on wednesday thursday and friday counter offer is located inside bender's bar and grill at 806 south van s be sure to tell them mutiny sent you counter offer baby everybody should listen to mutiny radio at mutinyradio.fm it's a great place to listen to crazy things Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, <laughs> Know anything about it? Sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from twelve to two. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, and Google Play and Stitcher, iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe it's a cash cock honey <laughs> Billy Bob you ever want to be funny well my dogs think I'm funny Daryl well I mean you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at Mutant Radius. <laughs> It's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows. Flat Black Plastic, MutinyRadio.fm. Set number seven. number of presents that all your friends are getting that that's you know it's about relative it's about but so i I know you get zero but i'm not talking about you you're not a christmas baby are you what is with you man Contrarian as ever. Uh, I'm just, you know. In so 20, do, you, do you not? 2019. Good look, year. all right, all right. So uh, can he take 10 minutes talking about what a hard life you have so we can get on with the fucking show? I don't need to. 
yeah, okay, you just need to snip every once in a while. Okay, so for those of you who aren't well, Katie you, McLeod. Well, what I'm saying is you should be grateful getting anything because some people don't get anything. So whether right, you know, but you get to so celebrate but imperfect to, humans as we are, we, uh, we get presents and there's this. So do you not understand the, the complaint that Christmas babies have? Is that what you're saying to me? That you have no, you cannot comprehend what? I'm not saying I can't comprehend. Okay, I just so then, don't you don't pity them. Oh, you don't. Yeah. I'm not asking you to pity them. You are. You kind of asking me to pity them. No, I'm not asking you to pity them. I'm asking uh, if you understand the. I, they didn't get two presents. Okay. They, they only got one. I don't ask your pity. I two. ask for your for your. Uh, see, here's the thing. You want to reverse pity. That's what's going on here. That you want everyone to pity you. You want to why you, this? I don't know why, but this has suddenly become a dick measuring contest for you because I was talking about fictitious Christmas and New Year's people, and you are so hurt about your childhood that well, you had to immediately talk about. Well, I never got no presents at all. They should be happy with what they got. So all right, let, tough guy. All right, all right. All right. Let's okay, bring it to buddy. a fictional world since you're apparently talking. Talking about fictitious people, well, in this fictional world, there will other be people who don't get presents at all. Okay, we all understand and that. <laughs> we all understand that. Do you also understand the point that people? Do you understand the 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 uh, social complaint that people have about being born I've close already, to Christmas? Yeah, yes, I've already I've already said I understand that because my okay. younger brother is born. Yes, on the 11th. So I was born in July, so I get a present in, for Christmas on Christmas and a separate one in July for my birthday. And people born on like Christmas Day and or close enough to it, they sort of people show up and say, "It's for Christmas and your birthday." And they're like, "That's fucked up, man." So so with that, they claim that they have the worst birthday of all. New I Year's babies. New, this isn't about presents. This isn't about your life, I'm Kenny. not talking about my life. Okay. I'm talking about the fact that yes, they may seem that it has the worst birthday ever, but they should still be grateful for whatever they're getting. Right. So, uh, regardless, but, right. regardless, I'm sure they are grateful. You know, they are grateful. No, apparently in this, you know, this world, they're not grateful because apparently they're they're complaining without, you know, thinking about others. Uh, so it's their birthday. Uh, I don't know if they're thinking about others. Uh, they should probably be better at math. Uh, they should probably clean their rooms. I'm talking so, about. I'm talking about so, fictitious people, man. You well, don't know if they're not. They. I'm sure they said thank you. Technically, but why? Why is uh? You are the worst why, audience to tell a joke to. Why? Why should we celebrate birthdays in the first place? Once again, getting back to Kenny. What's so, what's so special about the birthday? You know, why why is it more special? Give me your explanation. Holy shit. I didn't know I had to break down all of fucking civilization and society to tell this one-minute little anecdote. We had a one-minute anecdote we could be done with if you would just be the slightest bit cooperative in conversation. I am. I'm arguing with you. That's like not... Co- <laughs> <laughs> which is the opposite of cooperative, right? 
Huh? All right, get on with your shit. Get shit. On with so, shit. so do you can you can you take apart the Kenny McLeod and just answer like a normal person? And you, you get. I am answering like a normal person. No, you're not. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Why? Just because I am answering. Can so, you put the phone a so little? So I'm not normal. Can you plant the phone a little more on you? You are sitting all tense. All, you were like sitting like church lady there with your all tense. So. uh... So, they claim... This isn't about... Can I just tell the fucking story already? I'm not saying anything. Uh, so they claim that they have the worst birthday of all. The Christmas baby has the worst uh-huh. birthday. Uh-huh. New Year's babies say, no, we have the worst birthday of all because everyone at our party can't wait and leave and go to a better party. Oh, shit. All right. Did you hear that part? You know what's crazy? You're telling me two complaints about two different peoples on their birthday and then get upset when I bring in my point of view from my birthday angle. Because we were t- I was telling a story that really had nothing to do with Kenny. That's why. And you had to interject that you never got presents. But, you know, I'm just looking at it from a perspective that a lot of other people who normally don't get talked about because you don't really talk about the right people who don't i get did pregnant. not mention march 12th yeah. babies at all i know i did not for mention the march 12th babies i did not mention you october 6th babies i haven't said shit about august babies at all so that being said the New Year's baby has a has a uh, a point because basically all of New Year's is filled with people who are just here for a drink or two and are going to split to some cooler party and that's is like in the mind of everyone is like there is a cooler party I could be at right now like New Year's is infused with that feeling and uh, for that reason, no one's actually having a good time of that and many other reasons. There's so much expectation and everything. And it's a stupid fucking party, you know, idea, a night out, you know, forced holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so New Year's, I see it as like the worst party of the year, mostly because everyone, no matter where you're at, they can't wait to go somewhere cooler or more fun or that's really happening to the point that you go to like your corner bar and they're like, oh, it's 25 bucks to get in tonight because it's New Year's. Man, f- fuck you. But isn't, you know? isn't that on the person you know, okay? It's uh, it it's it, it it surely is, but it's on every single person. And just because you're all cool with it in your Kenny McLeod way, you can observe out there that man, everyone is like, you can tell by the way they're acting that they are like looking to either hear about or get on to some other party that they're gonna be supposed to be at. But the and fact it, is, you look at it in the social media today. Everybody wants to be doing the hottest, newest shit around. And right. They want to have it posted. So times a hundred on New Year's. Yeah. You know, so obviously, especially on New Year's Day, there's a lot of aspects of the show out. Where am I in a hotter place? And is there a hotter place to get to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I feel that that is the problem nowadays. It's just like uh, what we were saying earlier. Um, you know about how. You know, social media has been changing the behavioral construct of humans as we get older and, you know, and our younger, the next generation, it's reducing their thinking capabilities 
to ba basically zilch because they don't they're not able to react quick enough to understand the process of hey man maybe you know i should put down my phone and stop chasing something maybe i should live in the moment for a second yeah they're like they're it's impossible someone posted a picture of this like it was like a this says it all sort of caption with a guy a young guy sitting with his back to the pyramids looking at his cell phone and it's like, dude, the fucking pyramids, man. And uh, there's something about that. I mean, I remember quite a few. Uh, it seems like actually at every um, celebration of like the Team One or some major parade or World but Series thing that everyone's walking around with their phone out. So like everyone's videographing the fucking thing and no one's actually there also, experiencing it. I can also contradict myself to say, especially you're good at contradicting yourself. And the entertainment industry isn't that isn't that our ideal challenge? Be able to have make somebody put down their phone and watch you enjoy your work for what it is at that moment. It, what are you saying? Is that like the ultimate challenge or something or, or something? I mean, know? isn't it? Uh, surely, yeah. People will pick up their phones like when you're at like uh, there were people on the phones tonight at the little open mic. That? Is it? I feel exactly the same way that it's like, hey, could you experience real life for a few minutes? And it's like, I know I'm not um, uh, certainly not always killing it. I'm not always the funniest guy. It's not always your type of thing. But there is a minimal amount of like, could I at least get your attention? Even though sometimes I almost wish they would look at their phones because then like they'd stop staring at me for how bad I'm like, this is going badly. And, yeah. and the blank looks on everyone's <laughs> faces. It yeah, it's tough on me too because now I have to people. I have to look people in the eye. Um, Maybe I could look at my phone and get away from this uncomfortable feeling. But there's something about that, too, that's like... Um I've even seen people do that like in the moment they're laughing whatever and they just like instantly reach their phone and flip it on and something and it's like man they can't even even like something they want to do they still are grabbing at their phone I mean there was someone at yoga class the other day this hot yoga class it's a really good class yoga yoga you sound like and, and then so what? And then uh, you know they were flipping at their phone every once in a while, and it's like, dude, you're fucking like this. Yoga is all about like the now and what you're experiencing, and just be with the discomfort, and you know, think your thoughts and let your mind but also in tune with your breath, and just flipping at the phone. It's like, oh because man. I am in this new generation, I do enjoy my phone a lot. I do, I do too for a lot. You know, I do sometimes, too. yeah, like I want to be on it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like if you're boring me, then yeah, I'd rather be doing something with my mind that intrigues me. Well, you should uh, learn the intriguement of um, discomfort and, and the boredom. You know, boredom is not this terrible thing you should never, ever, ever experience. It's something you should be able to, like, totally cope with. Well, and yeah, yeah. It's not... I'm not saying that it's not... You know, it's not in a situation where you don't have to cope with boredom. It's a situation where you can cope with it, yes. But do you have to right now? Like, like let's say I pay $5 to go to this show. And I, you know, like, I'm not having my phone out or nothing. This guy is bombing. At that point, it's like, well, I just spent $5. This guy's not funny. Nobody's Nobody pays $5 for it. 
a hypothetical world. Well, well, that fictional world suddenly you infuse money into it. If it's a show, House of Pride coming out here a little late today. Oh, but we're here, folks, live from San Francisco. Your host here, Tweek Turner. Uh, I have the pleasure of having with me in the control room uh, the one and only Sean Hayes. Hi, everybody. Hey. Now, Sean is, uh, is, is involved in a lot of things, but he is back this year, and he is determined to win uh, the uh, 2020 Democratic... Uh, uh, County Central Committee uh, nominee for the east side of San Francisco. Did I get that close? You got that close. All right. <laughs> when is it all coming down? When do we vote? Uh, people can begin to vote, I believe, February 17th in uh, 2020 for the March 3rd election. And I love your shirt. You're, it's, you're, you're jumping right in. Yes. <laughs> it says vote in red with white stars. The lettering is white. Nice font. E, uh, it also says vota in Spanish. Oh, yes. It's hard to see in the dark. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's very, we, we don't have a lot of lights in here. It's very, <laughs> very uh, spooky like Halloween. Spooky. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, welcome back. Thank you for having uh, me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just got my supplies, as you can see, mm-hmm. uh, from the my favorite place, Spotlight in San Francisco, for all you politicos. Get your uh, designs made there. Okay. Yeah. So I want to know. Uh, you were close last year, running. You didn't. You didn't make it. But um, you know, that's the way. That's how you build a good foundation with anything that's going to last a long time. Absolutely. So uh, you're back. I feel like you're going to win this time. I believe that I will be successful with the support of a lot of San Franciscans. Right. So you're asking us, uh, and, and uh, House of Pride's all about this, uh, you know, for the community to come support Sean Hayes for his uh, run at the um, San Francisco Democratic County Central 
committee nominee. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, I would love to become a member of the Democratic Central County Committee. Uh, for folks that are not political, the structure is that we have a chair and a number of vice chairs and a number of general members. Um, anyone who wins a sufficient number of votes uh, can win a seat. I'm hoping to uh, have illustrated to the community of San Francisco uh, that to, I'll be worthy of their vote, and and I would appreciate that support. What does the what is the county central committee uh, responsible for here in the city? It is our democratic body. It is responsible for a number of things that I believe we could do better at. It is responsible for supporting our chartered democratic clubs, of which there are roughly forty in San Francisco that represent lots of different communities, like our African-American community, our Asian community, Filipino mm -hmm. community. And you represent, you're, you're running for the east side of uh, San Francisco? Yes. What is considered the east side? We are in the east side, uh, the 17th Assembly District. It represents a number of supervisorial districts for folks who are more familiar with those. Uh, and so it represents uh, a little bit of District 2, all of District 3, District 6, most of District 5, uh, Districts 8, 9, and 10, and uh, a little bit of 11 as well. Oh, okay. So you get a, big, a bigger slice than just the supervisor of a district. Yes, it's like, actually more challenging in a lot of ways. I think. I uh, think for two so. Reasons, yeah, go, okay. Uh, go ahead. Go the, for it. The two reasons mm -hmm. are that it is a really unknown election, or it gets forgotten about that we have an election to people to represent us on the Democratic Party, and and so the votes are well higher than supervisors or are lower, for instance, uh, than an assembly member or somebody running for Congress. Mm -hmm. Now, Castro's District 8, is that correct? Yes. Oh, okay, that's right. so you do get a piece of that. Yes. Castro, <laughs> for most folks who know, is one of my favorite neighborhoods in San Francisco. It's where I came out as an LGBT person. And At Daddy's? <laughs> well, uh, Daddy's was one of the bars that I went to. However, the cafe. On a Friday night at Daddy's, I came out. <laughs> <laughs> the cafe was the very first club that I went into. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. How long ago did you come out? Uh, I came out when I was at age 15, and uh, I got to go out into the bars uh, uh, at an early age, at the age of 19, um, I was kicked out from my family home, and through that experience I was able to find the Castro like most queer folks do, and um, the first time I was in the cafe, when I came out, I think it was like uh, a pink Saturday or something like that, a sea of people, beautiful. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's coming out. It's like a flower opening. <laughs> uh, so here you are some years later and you want to um, uh, be a part of uh, uh, what would, I would say organizational and, and decision making uh, yes. for for a better community. And, and yes. Yeah. So what, what are some of your objectives as if you do become the nominee? Uh, uh, if you win the nom nomination. Uh, well, this is a different than our presidential election in which there's a nominee. Uh, people have the opportunity to support um, and see the election of 14 people. Yeah. So I'm asking one of 14 votes. I want to be a voice in a very powerful chorus. The chorus of our Democratic Party is what uh, affects uh, candidates who are running for office and also the policy that is decided upon. And so the voice that I'm hoping to represent is a voice of the experience of a large uh, number of people of San Francisco, uh, people who have um, 
overcome challenges and obstacles and can use that experience and wisdom that comes from overcoming those challenges and obstacles to help us uh, really have good conversations on the policies that we design upon to have good engagement of our community. And so one of the reasons why I'm running for the Democratic Party Central County Committee is that I know we can do a much better job at reaching voters, voters that we don't actually do a lot of engagement with in San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Okay. And one thing I'm very proud of, um, and what I mean by outreaching to people to give them an opportunity and restore their power of voting, I, I was able to work with our Department of Elections and I asked a very important question. Um, I asked them to produce a piece of material that could explain to people who are housing inconsistent or who are homeless how they can still be consistently registered to vote. Yes, and what was the answer? The answer was yes, and then we were able to get that material uh, printed in multiple languages. And San Francisco has a homeless population that is roughly 10,000. That's And growing, isn't it? Sadly, unfortunately, yeah. and there are a lot of ways that um, I work to address homelessness in San Francisco. Will you have a, a bigger platform if you, be, if you win this uh, seat, and uh, will you be able to do more for that kind of thing than other passionate causes? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I've been happy to come on to the show and talk about is my not-for-profit organization called San Francisco Impact Partners. And my primary objective with that organization is to address poverty and homelessness with the lived experiences of having been impoverished myself mm-hmm. and homeless. And so the primary goal right now is to create supportive infrastructure, access to storage. Like, where do you put your belongings when you live on the street? Everyone knows that the belongings are on the street because there's no safe and efficient way to address the storage needs of our homeless community. I know that when I was homeless and housing inconsistent myself, getting my belongings around and being capable and self-sufficient in in our society was a challenge. Um, And I know that speaking, having spoken to thousands of people, a lot of them homeless, um, that this is a valued resource that the city doesn't have any of at this point. I I learned by speaking to a woman at the Coalition on Homeless that had a child and she said, you couldn't fit a stroller in the facilities that are available now. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to create this supportive infrastructure that for now will be access to storage, but in the future, hopefully will contain uh, access to the ability to take a shower, launder clothes, uh, keep devices charged. These are the fundamentals mm-hmm. for being able to be self-sufficient. And, but I know when we're able to take away the fear and concern about people's belongings and possessions that people who are experiencing poverty and homeless will be able to navigate much yeah. better. Um, speaking of on this topic, I, I've been seeing a lot on the news, local news lately, uh, about the uh, proposals for navigation centers. And is that uh, sort of the mindset that you're in as mm-hmm. a place to be built to uh, to start people on the process who are homeless into rehabilitating them? Because you know, and I, I know from seeing it every day, I, I live at Gary and Hyde, uh, that a lot, some of homelessness is due to um, mental illness and drug abuse and this cycle that you get in mm-hmm. where you can't take care of yourself mm-hmm. uh, 
as well anymore, uh, whether it's through addiction or just some sort of uh, mental. Yes. You know, to answer your question, I definitely support uh, creating of navigation centers. Yeah. Uh, there is talk about uh, having navigation centers citywide, which I believe in. That would be a good idea. You know, there there's a place where the old post office used to be on Hyde Street at, I think, Ellis. That would be perfect. That's where everyone hangs out anyways. Absolutely. I don't know why that's not being built right now as we speak. Yes. Will you do something about that? Well, I will definitely <laughs> say that I will be a part of the chorus of people who are actively working I'm on already it. like giving you <laughs> Oh, I have a serious list of things that I want to accomplish for San Francisco. You heard a little bit about the uh, creation of supportive infrastructure access to storage. Um, I also work to address the unfortunate experience of racism in our society. I do anti-racism trainings with a, a cohort of my friend, and we do this under Anti-Racism 101, uh, dismantling uh, racism and white supremacy. I, you know, it's funny, since I've moved to San Francisco, the, I, I'm from New York and Long Island, I, I never, I always felt like like the races got a more, had, were at a table that was more hum like uh, more harmony at the table in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. But for some reason here, I don't feel that way all the time. Like, I feel like there is a lot of fiction. Is it because there's a Southern mentality that is rooted here? or? Like, uh, I feel for a lot of reasons, and I've done a lot of research on it in this area, that we have issues because of things that seem to have been set up for a long time. And that is... a apparent the across city. the rest of this nation like poli politically wise. policies unfortunately that yeah. have negatively affected Soured the, uh, a lot of the communities yeah. I mean uh, African American communities were displaced from San Francisco well, th that's right back <laughs> in uh, when was this this is, th is was that the 50s where there was a thriving yes Yes, community. We, we had a much more thriving African-American community. You can go down to the African-American arts and cultural complex where there's a, a lovely uh, exhibit of that history in, in our culture here in San Francisco. Um, and, and we have so many other cultures here in San Francisco that I fight to support and to make sure that we can do all we can do to see them not be erased. The, the Castro, like I said, is a community that I have a, a lot of love for and we have our cultural district finally there since june of this year mm. that we are working to shape the same issues that are happening all across san francisco the gentrification you know the the issues with homelessness the veto vacancies and and you know the economic inequality that's sort of making life very difficult for everybody i mean is there a simple solution for getting folks like even like People like me feel the pinch of the increasing price to live here. You know, it's 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 supply and demand. <laughs> what is is there? I feel like there is no, not a simple remedy for this. There is never a simple remedy. The only remedy to any issue is the work and effort to address it. That is what my candidacy for Democratic Central County Committee is all about. On my website, seanhaines.net, you'll find... That's seanhaines.net, S-H-A-U-N... H-A-I-N-E-S dot net. N-E-T. <laughs> watching all these presidential candidates and hearing them deliver their speeches, the, the website is always the kick-in, and so I couldn't forget that. 
But on the website, you'll find all the opportunities to really get active, engaged, and involved. I have a survey of our democracy, one thing that I work with Democrats in, in San Francisco to produce. Um, I, I want to survey people to find out what their feeling is about the Democratic Party and how we could reshape it to suit everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't quite done that, you know. Percentage-wise, how Democratic is San Francisco about? Ah, the numbers. I'm I feel like a, it's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> um, you would think it's pretty high, but for a city that is uh, 893,000, I feel like I just looked that up the other day, and we have in San Francisco a base of Democrats that is only 293,000. And so there's, there's a vast discrepancy between the maximum amount, the a number of people who are living in the city right now and the amount of registered Democrats that oh, are really? and helping us are, make the choices. Who are the other folks, the other 600 or 500,000? Oh, well, I, I can tell you that the figure for independence is about 150,000, if my memory is accurate. Okay. And so um, we only have about uh I think 60,000 kids in our unified school district. And so those are people who are not voting age theoretically. And only 60,000. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the black hole of politics here in San Francisco. What's happening with this other number that we like are not talking 400, about? Are they, are they registered Republicans? <laughs> no, our, our base of registered Republicans. And I'm sad to say base because that's not my word for being included to that. But in San Francisco, they're only, 30,000 registered Republicans. What? So that again, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Does and it? <laughs> we know there are no other, uh, extremely active parties. You oh. know, there are, they do so, exist. So a lot of people aren't registering for whatever reason. A lot of people are not registering for other, other reasons. So that so. could, that could be part of a democratic drive to get out more. Yes. Registration. Everybody. This is the thing that I want, would love to see us focus on as a city. And we know, so goes San Francisco, so goes the world. And these things that I've done to affect voter registration, making sure that we can communicate to homeless people how to be registered and to vote, because it's a demographic that we do not touch. Clearly, there's a whole demographic that is a whopping half of the city that we don't seem to be touching to the point that they're re- turning out to vote. And so, what about folks who come, who are immigrants who come here, um, mm-hmm. you know? Um, through whatever means, are they eligible to vote? Um, we did, if I recall correctly, pass uh, for the ability to vote in school board elections for our immigrant community, mm-hmm. which I supported, but unfortunately, because that happened at the same time that 45 entered the White House, that became an immediate question about people's uh, safety. And we know that because there are ice raids happening all across this state. Um, oh, still. so that could be one reason why people who that, are... That is definitely yeah. one reason why people do not feel the safety and security when there are immigrants yeah. in to, uh, to vote. I, um, I wouldn't either. I mean, you know, it's scary times. Speaking of racism, you must have 
seen and thought about the uh, huge billboard flyer that the only Republican uh, in the mayor's mayor race. <laughs> I forget her name already. Uh, our, our mayor is London <laughs> No, I know Reed. London Reed, <laughs> Okay. Oh, the woman, the, the other woman yeah. that wants to be mayor of San Francisco. They're the only Republican uh, running who uh, put up the, uh, I would say racist, pretty blatantly racist, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, post a, well, yes. Uh, our what city you, leaders what is your committee talking? Must have uh, come up in a conversation. <laughs> it did come up in a conversation um a couple of them one came up today uh it was very challenging by the end and i don't like to be you know negative when i have conversations with people and so i ended up just letting it go and saying all right you feel your way i feel my way um i believe it's it was blatantly constructed in absolute poor taste in with a very demeaning tone and they were i had the conversation that i had today compared it between a, a similar image but one that does not have the, the racial uh, undertones with which gavin newsom was sitting at a table with a whole bunch of cash around him and i was like that's a really awkward comparison and contrast between uh, two very important political figures in mm-hmm. in this state um, and so I believe that that was really racist and, uh, and we see a lot of racism in our political discourse, which is another thing that I hope that to address. That was so in your face. I, it's almost like it was purposely done. It's like the, from a, the playbook of the Republican Trump like mindset. Mm. Like I, I can just see the mechanics working in this on that lady's team. What's her name? The Republican. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find it. You look it up. I, I, <laughs> I uh, I've met her a couple of times. This is the most challenging thing I've ever seen come from um, come from her, and I really hope that she learns from um, whoever has the ability to speak to her directly to tell her this is not right. And I hope that she uh, finds a way to publicly apologize for it. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Has somebody vandalized it yet? Though I would, I feel like somebody... oh, it's been taken down. Oh, it's been taken it's been down. Sidley <laughs> just got up and said no, and they got taken down. Oh, look here, here it is. It's like right up there. Pretty shocked. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's down already. How did they? How did that happen? That's interesting. Things I... happen very fast when there's a significant will behind it. <laughs> <laughs> it says things turned ugly <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> controversial billboard that is so funny uh are you are you do you associate with mayor london breed from time to time um i have been thankful to have learned as much as i can learn and i'm sure that there'll be more um we grew up in the same district district five uh, she has supported me in previous political oh, cool. candidacies in the past yeah. uh you've probably been to her functions and uh, definitely have been to her functions. Uh, I, I know that she's doing a very difficult job at a very difficult time in this city, and I commend her on all the great things she's doing. I mean, she yeah. did. She is trying to tackle homelessness like you are. Uh, yes. You know, I've seen her. She was right in Ground Zero, like I think on Hyde and one mm-hmm. Golden Gate something they put up new lights you know but of course you know it's just you know every little bit helps it's like sand and you know sand grain and sooner or later you'll have a bucket i'm saying (laughs) oh uh yeah the candidate is ellen lee zoe Mm -hmm. the only republican in the race good luck honey 
Uh, in this particular race, yes. Last yeah. time there, she was accompanied by another uh, Republican who's running for the Republican uh, Party. She drives this, uh, you know, Jeep down the road with a few followers behind her up and down. I saw her, like, you know, with loud horn or something. I don't know what it was, music or something. I just, I felt like throwing, like, eggs. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I <laughs> at the car. advocate for any violence, but <laughs> is that violent you. though, or just like patriotic? Pro, pro patriotic pie, 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 pie would be. Oh, like a, a, a cream pie. The yeah. milk pie toss this year. <laughs> What's acceptable? What's the etiquette? <laughs> I feel like it's changed now that forty-five's has been in office for four years. Uh, you know, bellicose years. <laughs> um, all right. No, you're right. Uh, that's never the answer. But it was what I thought. Like after I saw the billboard, I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, so right. Well, I mean, I think on the news, uh, mail mail and breed said that specifically, like uh, diversity. Um, uh, this kind of um, you know having the billboard is divisive and you know that, that messaging is it, just it's not it's not a that kind of messaging is never going to be good for anyone mm. yeah so it just drives people apart yes uh well, that's one of the things that i hope to focus on on our party is actually working on ways to bring us together politics is is not easy and making decisions on policy and politician isn't easy but the thing that is easy is working on processes that make um make it when we have difficulties um to to get through them to with a happy ending and so we have our survey on our our website uh where people can help us answer questions um to begin to work on that yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's take uh, a short musical break. We'll be back with more Sean Haynes. Uh, we need to um, find a um, campaign song for you. So I've been auditioning a couple of songs. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's the first one I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. Thank you. 
Yes. Oh, make it happen, Sean Haynes. Or us. We got we got to make it happen for Sean this year. 2020, folks. That's the year. Next year is the vote. He's starting early because he's he's working from the... the yes, you got to start early. Grassroots. Yeah. Root, is that right? Grass? Roots? Roots? Grass roots, roots activism grass? Activism is our term <laughs> for uh, really putting your feet to the ground and running hard. Yeah, put the metal to the pedal. <laughs> <laughs> but the exciting thing, and we were just talking a minute ago about that, is that um, I'm hoping to be in plan to be successful in this election uh, because of, of a lot of different things. I, I'm a native of San Francisco, and for some people that it's a trigger statement, and I apologize for that. But the one thing about that in my experiences as a native of San Francisco is because of all the challenges that I've been through, I've actually lived in almost every single supervisorial district in San Francisco. And the things that I work on today, I continue to go back into those communities and network with the leaders and so work he's, towards yeah, change. So you're, you're the real deal. I, I believe I am, yes. <laughs> Sean Haynes, the real deal. Uh, also, you have, I, I, you know, you get a sense talking to you that you have, uh, you're very passionate about uh, making a difference uh, in our community in these troubled times and, uh, you know, improving uh, the standard of living in, uh, in any way you can for the homeless and everyone, really. Yeah, everyone here in all those districts and beyond vote for Sean Haynes. Look, we have a telephone call coming in. I oh, wonder goodness. if it's one of these random ones or it's pertinent to... Like, I heard you were going to be on the radio and so I found a way to call. Hello, you're on uh, House Pod Radio. Who are we speaking with? Hello? Anybody there? Come in. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Hello, hello? No. False alarm, Sean. Okay. Call back if you got disconnected. 415 If you have questions for Sean Haynes running for 2020 elections in February. Uh, no, people can begin to vote in February. The election is March 3rd. All right. And uh, you'll be so sure you'll probably be seeing Sean all around our, our LGBTQ community at the uh, Emperor and Empresses events and the uh, Dougal Court fundraisers yes. and yes. at the local bars. And, <laughs> uh, the corner. What's that one bar I really like on the corner there um, in the Castro? Twin Peaks. Oh, that's a good one. But the other corner on 18th by the park. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, yes, get it, get the vote out. I just signed up again. You can go to Sean's webpage to learn more. SeanHaines.net, S-H-A-U-N-H-A-I-N-E-S.net. N-E-T. The Edge is what I was thinking. That's a good place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They always have like uh, fundraisers going on on Sundays. Go, go over there. I definitely Stir plan to. Stir it up. We probably have some fundraisers through the cultural district. Yeah. Oh, here comes the call again. <laughs> Yay. Hello? What am I doing wrong? Hello? Hello, hello, don't hang up. Oh, I, somebody, thought, I, I thought I heard somebody. I heard somebody too. Somebody's playing games with us. <laughs> I think it's out. that local lady that always calls. She, all right. Um, yes, uh, 
What else, Sean? Oh, what? You're doing something this weekend. Oh, this Friday is my signing day at uh, City Hall Department of Elections between... 4 30 and 5 uh i've invited i think about half of san francisco and and uh, look forward to seeing you fabulous i was thinking of another song that might work for your campaign (laughs) (laughs) we'll be right back after another short musical break again call us at (laughs) 415-550-0511 i don't know i'm just you know not not all of these gonna work I don't really like that one, mate. I think this one is better. I'm the first person tonight on this new list of yours to sign. So you've got one signature. Are you going to go to the Castro? Yes, I'm going to go to the Castro and hang out with friends at uh, the Ferry House, where I hang out typically on Wednesdays for potluck. Where is that, the Ferry House? Uh, Right above the Sausage Factory. Oh, very cool. Yes, can anyone go? Uh, anyone who wants to ensure that we're always having a warm and inclusive space for everyone uh, is typically welcome there. Fabulous. So you may be seeing Sean out and about wearing his Vote Vota shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Come up. Don't be shy. He's approachable. And he's talking about the issues that matter today here in San Francisco. He wants to make a difference. I support him. House of Pride Radio feels like he's going to do a great job if he uh, becomes part of the the, the um, chorus here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you well since it's so far away, you have to come back a couple more times. Definitely, would <laughs> love to come back as many times as possible between now and the election. Great. What else should we know about you before I let you go? Hmm. 
Hmm. Oh, for those of you who have been following our conversation about the cultural district for the Castro, uh, as a reminder that we are always looking for people to uh, uh, run to become our official advisory board. Uh, we are looking forward to having elections in the first one in, in December of this year, and then we're going to uh, spend a couple of months thinking about uh, the, our need to focus on diversity and inclusion and we'll have another election um, and we'll have a total of three elections for people to come on to our advisory board. Um, our board will be responsible for uh, establishing your relationship with a permanent fiscal sponsor. Right now we have a temporary fiscal sponsor. We're grateful to the San Francisco Leather uh, Alliance. Uh, together with their support, we've been able to raise uh, some money and that has helped us to uh, orchestrate some of our programs. We, we were excited to be at Castro Street Fair this year um, and engage people there and let them know about what's happening next. Uh, we Once we have that permanent fiscal sponsor, we'll be able to apply for a grant from the city as all cultural districts in San Francisco have and that will fund a cultural district manager and it will fund uh, people who will help us come up with a plan to address the issues and concerns in the Castro community. Um, we have a, a number of focus areas for um, basically pitching for people who want to come onto our, our uh, subcommittees. We have workforce development, we have uh, tenants' rights, we have land use, we have uh, cultural competency and we have uh, heritage placemaking and so we've had a lot of great conversations about how to uh, really honor the heritage of our LGBT community mm -hmm. um, but we need a lot of more people to come in and help us determine what our plan is going to be um, in all these other roles. Yes sir uh, and on that note we I'm going to say goodnight here at House of Pride Radio, but let's uh, let's follow your trajectory towards winning. <laughs> yes, so we're only in October now, so yes. it, we'll have you back a couple more times. Uh, and um, you do you, you you've already started. You're you're on your way. You've, you're doing the groundwork now. It's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, having coming on back to uh, House of Pride Radio here in San Francisco. And folks, it's uh, Halloween's coming up. Halloween's coming up. <laughs> Big plans. Where are you going to dress up as? Exactly. Uh, what am I? Uh, I am DJing uh, on Halloween at the Wild Side West, which is not too far from the station. Oh, yeah. I think I'm just going to be a DJ witch. But DJ come by witch. because they're doing a costume contest uh, for cash prizes. Nice. On Halloween at uh, Wild Side West. Wild Side um, West. Bernal, Bernal Heights. You are blocks away from my house. I just live. Oh, then you have to come by and... and uh, uh, and, and you know say something yes uh I, I can't find a good song but i mean um here i'm gonna play these boots are made for walking <laughs> these boots are made for walk oh you know what you can play if you have it up my favorite my go-to karaoke song san francisco i'm stretching so you know um is, it's karaoke uh, night at bb sweetbriars okay <laughs> yes you should go to bb sweetbriars show in the castor on your since you go in there anyways because mm -hmm. she is doing folks you need something to do tonight go to bb sweetbriars Karaoke Wednesdays at the uh, lookout. No, no, the one there across from CCC, the video bar. Oh, the uh, Midnight Sun. Okay, Midnight okay. Sun. Goodbye, everyone. All right, Sean, this song is dedicated to you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
know, every now and then I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But there's just one thing, you see. We never, ever do nothing nice and easy. We always do it nice and rough. And we're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're going to do the finish rough. It's the way we do Proud Mary. the story now. Left a good job Down in the city, working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep. And I was worrying about the way the things might have been. They will keep on turning. Money, the people on the river are happy to hear. Big wheel, keep 
one to one all the time. It's easier to sort of yeah. group them. And but I mean, uh, he's group? amongst a group of really high echelon comedians. Uh, but wh- who would you who would you put him over? Like in like. I'd put him over, uh, uh, what's his name? Rick Voss. I'd put him over Colin Quinn. I'd put him over. And, and I can't say that, that, you know, maybe they're from two worlds too. There's a lot that goes into being a great comedian. Intelligence, timing, um, um, dedication t- uh, to craft, writing, working, stage time so i can't say for sure that perspective is the only reason he's any good you know but it's one of the many things and by be having a greater perspective gives him one more quiver in uh one more arrow in his quiver other people have a lot of arrows in their quiver too chris rock is also smart and hard working and getting a lot of stage time put years into it all these things i'm not here to rank them as greater or less and well, just because i say he has a great perspective and a greater pers- i guess what i meant to say to be really really accurate he has a greater perspective than most other comedians not all of them he has a greater pr- he has an advantage in that way other people also have that advantage <laughs> Some people don't have that advantage, but they're smarter or they've got more years in the business. Mm. Well, you know, that's just crazy. Anyway, this is none of the shit I wanted to talk about <laughs> when bringing up Louis C.K. I know. Uh, let's uh, let's go into a little break because uh, I need a sig right now and I need to figure out what's going on with our Instagram. Um, don't be be sure to check us out on Instagram at Black Candy Cloud. We are live and in control, and look like snails in a blanket in a blanket right now. But uh, yeah, we'll be back. Thank you. 
I just like looked at this guy and he was like asleep and I literally thought in my mind like I could literally stay here forever and that was probably like the best moment. Thank you.
join the military. Yeah, that's why you can find brotherhood elsewhere. <laughs> All right, so back to let's let's talk about what I want to talk about with Lucy K. <laughs> um, and try not to. Um, <laughs> he's back out there trying to reestablish his career. What do you think about that? He's allowed to. I mean, everyone's. You know, this is. It's not like anything he did is all that great. Mm-hmm. Jerking off in front of women. However, I think if everyone's honest about their sex lives, they've done some things that are similar, <laughs> if not the exact fucking same. Uh, who hasn't masturbated in front of their lover? Uh, Either using the pullout method <laughs> or because you couldn't quite come or they didn't want it in their mouth or they wanted to watch just once or wow Matt <laughs> whatever bringing, Matt's bringing up some freaky moments I've seen uh, so you have never masturbated in front of a lover of course I have <laughs> okay so that's what I mean you're like oh freaky moments have you done that? yes me too okay freaky <laughs> moments maybe they're not so freaky maybe everyone does it and it's not freaky at all and uh, and nah. um and there is a difference between what he did, even though it's certainly creepy, um, and what, you know, like actual what we, rape. What we actually do. Or, or um, feeling women up without their permission. Like, apparently he didn't touch them at all. No, so he and a, did it. And apparently he, he got permission. He now, now I get them. it. I get it. It wasn't like a lawyer there, contract signed. They didn't really realize what they were agreeing to. But she, the person who had it done, didn't actually press charges on him. It no, was, nobody uh, did because it's not yeah, a crime. It was, it's not a crime. It was public opinion that crucified him. Right. Yeah. So, so the idea that like, how could he take his career back? He didn't commit a crime. He just did something that, as we just discussed, 100% of the guys in this room have done. You know? And, um, and uh, well, it wasn't under the same circumstance. Granted, uh, I wasn't at a comedy festival with another comedian, and I was a more famous comedian. Like, all that power dynamic. Okay, I get you. Uh, uh, not to dismiss it, you know, I'd hate to be that chick watching Louis C.K. wank it. Um, but he well, didn't. she did want it. <laughs> well, there's, there was a number of women who did it, and most of them actually didn't want it. And they didn't realize what they were agreeing to, although he asked them in plain spoken English. Hey, uh, can I pull my dick out and jerk it off in front of you? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> well, oh my God, he pulled his as dick a comedian. Out. <laughs> when comedians talk, it's sometimes hard to tell when they're being serious and when they're not, and it's also sometimes hard to tell when it's okay to joke and when it's not. Retarded. Because they're like, some of them were like only funny on stage, and when they're talking to you, it's just fucking fact, fact, fact. Like they don't want any fucking guff. And there's a lot of ne'er-do-wells around So like when they're giving guff They're not actually giving guff They're looking for a way to weasel You know, more stage time or whatever (laughs) Power dynamic and all this sort of stuff Um, But all that being said He didn't commit a crime He just did something weird And if that's enough to ruin his career Then But it wasn't Let's just But if that's enough To ruin his career Then everybody Stop buying tickets That will ruin his career 
um, you can still go to open mics and all that sort of thing because that's just a low bar, low standard to be in. Yeah, I definitely don't think uh, Louis C.K.'s career is ruined um, by what he did. Uh, I do think it, it hindered his career a lot. Oh, it certainly did. Um, uh, I was just listening to his latest stand-up thing that got released, I think, without his knowing it. And um, he claims he lost $35 million in one day. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So uh, everyone, everyone who wants to feel he should be punished, that sure sounds like punishment. And didn't uh, Louis C.K. have like a wife at that time? No, he was. I, I, I don't know about during every incident. But mm. Once again, that's not a crime. Yeah. You know. Uh, no, no. I think it would just it would have been a whole lot worse if he was. Uh, put. He might have been married during some of those masturbation sessions, but he's divorced now. So anyone yeah. who has anything to complain about has already divorced him. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, uh, so that that being said, um, now everyone, uh, some of the mindset of the comedian is to attack that nerve mm. sort of stuff, um, and. Uh, Oh, you want to put me down? Well, take this. You know, there's a little bit of like balls, snap back, you know, clap back, perhaps. Um, and um, so he came out recently. I don't know if this was like a real show, like people paid for, or whether it was like a mic or something. But uh, I haven't heard the whole thing. I don't know the whole background. But it kind of sounds like someone took stuff he was working on, so it's not all going to be genius, um, and filmed it and released it, and now everyone's judging him. How can he make those jokes? Oh, there's all kinds of horrible jokes we make as comedians mm. while trying to find the funny part, you know, trying to find the audience that will like it. Yeah. And so far what I'm hearing, we're not at the part when I was listening to earlier, we're not at the part... but. But there was definitely laughter in the clips that I've heard when he's talking about the horrible stuff. Like he had stuff to say about people being, you know, survivors of school shootings, and um, I feel that. And and there's Louis C.K. as a comedian, though, <laughs> he has earned his reputation about talking about things like that and being able to make it funny as a comedian. He earned it. And then he lost yeah. it, and now he's now trying he's to earn it back. And this tra and this travel back is being kind of bumpy. But also, like, you'll tell a joke that kills in a room, tell the same joke that flops in the next room. Yeah. So a lot of the comedic thing, it, it, there is the impermanence of it. So I didn't expect you to tape this, analyze it, study it, restudy it. Like it was in the room. It made people laugh. We're moving on. So some people are blowing up this like, uh, you know, an art that's supposed to be a little bit, you know, the feeling in the moment with the people and um, grasping that and overanalyzing it. And once again, don't buy tickets. I don't know what else to tell you. Can he have a career? I don't know. Can he sell tickets? If he can't sell tickets, can't have the career. It's not like, so. it's not like, the comedy company still has him on the payroll as an executive. Yeah, I'm sure they got him out of there. There is no comedy company. There is no payroll. So the idea of like why, you know, and 
you know, I think people are being overly judgy about like that wasn't funny. Like, okay, he wasn't funny. Don't laugh. He'll believe me. He'll stop telling it if everyone stops laughing. You know, and uh, but if people are laughing and you're the only one, like that's not funny. I'm gonna blag about it. This is insulting. You know, but don't. I mean, nowadays that's really what happens to comedians, though. Like, right, and that's the chief complaint they're having. It's like it isn't meant to be analyzed like a fucking Rembrandt. <laughs> you know, it's not meant to be. Pres- you know, not every fucking mic you do is meant to be preserved for all of time and gone over like scripture. But isn't that the difference between a great comedian and just a comedian? It also depends on. Venues Like if George Carlin is at a mic Working on new material That's not the album he's releasing For all posterity yeah. Wait for the album he's releasing That's the one you can comb over Like scripture But if you're just doing a show Working stuff out You're not ready to release your special Or do your worldwide tour That needs to be preserved And judged at a different level At a different standard if the best it could be used for is to show the progression of like the material, like this is the open mic level, this is the showcase level, and this is my album here, and see how it got better and better every time. And so that process but, of getting better and better is gonna have a lot of flops. So do you think that this leak just motivates him to do something better in the future? That's the idea that you're trying to make a joke better, and if nobody likes it, if it's unfunny, if it's not relevant, um, you know, if it just doesn't hit, then it'll die its natural death. You know, a joke that never gets any laughs, people drop. Yeah. So, uh, what else about Louis C.K.? Well, um, it's here's something I'd like to point out. Kind of what he's saying about, like the the, the gist of the jokes, kind of, is um, that um, the new generations coming up are like too weak and too vapid and too sensitive, and they, you know, they're too thin-skinned and. Um, and so he tells a joke about them that they can't take, proving that they're too thin-skinned and too weak. You know, I know that these guys like irony and know about irony. That's irony, you know. I'm making a joke about how sensitive you are, and you're too fucking sensitive to sit through it. You know, they're, they're all blown up about, you know... Uh, it's a similar thing that everyone likes jokes about other people, but the true sense, the true measure of sense of humor is can you laugh at yourself? And, um, you, you know, so like while he was making fun of other people, it was funny, but then he makes fun of this latest generation or millennials or whoever he was making fun of, and they immediately turned to their blogs and their uh, instas and their Facebook. And wine that he was making fun of them, which is like that was his point the whole fucking time. So, and um, and I gotta say, you know, uh, I've been making fun of millennials for years. Where's my controversy? Okay, uh, where's my uh, blowing maybe up? Maybe you should pull your dick out. Where's maybe? Yeah, is that what I'm missing? I'm not masturbating yeah. in front of other comedians enough. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, okay. I mean, to be honest... Touche, Kenny. <laughs> That's good career advice. No, it's not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, that's, think that's the difference. 
I mean, I'm like locally known by the other open micers, so like big comedians don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, as like the old man always picking on millennials. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how come I'm not blowing up like Louis C.K.? What the fuck? You don't got that Louis C.K. dick. I look a lot like him. I mean, I have the same skin tone and such, same general <laughs> you know, coloration. Like Louis C.K. He's he's ginger like me. He's balder than I am. He's definitely he's way bigger than I am. You. He's bigger than and I am. Like, definitely way he's taller than you. Taller and fatter. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're the same age. If you and Louis C.K. walk down the street, yeah, we obviously. Yeah. <laughs> if we tell, we definitely tell you guys tomorrow. <laughs> like no way, you know. Uh, you say that. <laughs> I've been mistaken for big redheaded guys before. <laughs> There was a guy around here who moved to New York, Matthew Banks, very funny comedian. Uh, people thought I was him. That They're like, you're not Matthew Banks? Different. And I'm like, dude, he's like 6'2". Yeah, no. 250. Like, that's just because of the name. Mississippi. He's got a... Matthew Banks. He's Matthew got a kind Burks. of accent, but we're so different. Anyway. Um, any... It's the Matt and Matt. Any Hujimowitz. Any Hujimowitz. So that's pretty um, much what I had to say about Lucy. So uh, I see your red hat. Uh, do you want to, you know, red hat, please? This is like magenta. <laughs> Coming from a guy that was just using brown in a conversation describing skin color. This might be rust. Oh, it's magenta. not a red hat. I don't want to get fucking jumped out walking around here. Red. This is not a red hat. You still get jumped. <laughs> I get jumped, but for for the right reasons. Because you're wearing blue headphones. <laughs> you set me up, Kenny. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, that's all I had to say about Louis C.K. What else do you want to talk? About? Want to talk about what I want to talk about? Um, not really. <laughs> Man, my weekend was excellent. So I walked into this party, right? I just walk in because I've you know I realized, other people have parties. Go on, sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, I realized the best way to get in a party is <laughs> pretend you're supposed to be there and walk in. Nobody ever stops <laughs> you. Like it's crazy because I just look at like every person. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be hella racist towards myself. I just look like a black guy at a party, so it's easier for me to just walk in. Than, you look like the entertainment. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, you, look, you look at the next <laughs> DJ. I don't want to go that far. I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So I just walked into this New Year's party. It was like 12 o'clock. I was fucked. Not 12 o'clock. Whoo. No. So it was like 1, like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. This is Oh, this is early. daytime party. Yeah, this is daytime party. <laughs> this is daytime start party. Let's not call it daytime party. It did it end in the daytime? Hmm. It did end in the daytime. The next day, that shit was crazy. Oh, fuck, man. Yo, I got so fucked up at this party, man. So, so they they had, like, firecrackers there. So, yeah. at, like, 11.58, everybody went outside. We blew off firecrackers. Like, fucking, they were doing coke. I mean... Yeah, you guys don't know where we at. We was doing coke. Uh, they were doing coke. They... <laughs> Uh, let's Allegedly. See. Allegedly. No, they were definitely <laughs> Go on. Uh, and then, well, the craziest part is, so, like, this, uh... Ooh, shit. <laughs> I was about to say that. So, this little person, 
right? This uh, really little person. Uh, like, an officially little person. Like really short person, Lil. Okay, a very short person because little person is what we no. call people. Of. <laughs> Do, little person, but a shorter little person. So like a real little person. Yeah. Official little person. Yeah, official. Got it. Official. So this motherfucker just starts driving in the thing with like one of those kids' cars that I hadn't seen in like years. That shit was crazy. And this like it was weird because he had his girlfriend chasing him around like yo come back i guess he had her phone and she (laughs) was just driving around the party oh my god that shit was dope oh yeah how was your new year's so what was it a little a toy car or like it was a toy car (laughs) was he fucking with her or was he just no drunk as hell I guess was he drinking and driving? <laughs> he was definitely yeah, drinking, drinking and driving, big. <laughs> but it was inside, so he definitely. <laughs> okay, so not on the roads. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, this okay. was an outside. They had a big fucking house, like that shit was crazy. Oh uh, yeah, I think drunk driving rules only apply on the road. That's what yeah. I was getting at. Yeah. Um. It was good. I went up north with my lady friend, and we went to like this retreat type area. Uh, I feel like you outside, said this before. I was started to say it outside of Guerneville because I was saying how like New Year's is like the worst party of the year. Oh, yeah, there's all these checkpoints and other drunks and people way and everyone's like trying to get to like a better party. So there's actually a lot of traffic on New Year's at that time, mm-hmm. and tons of drunk people just jaywalking and shit. <laughs> and me and and I kind of want to just and I I've been trapped like trying to get to better parties and you end up like in your car at, at midnight like you like uh, like we should have stayed where we were man you know like um now you gotta make the easy decisions and sometimes I'll just go to one party and that's it and, but it was like I, I just as well stay home often I would have people over or I'm just gonna be at my house if anyone wants to come here I don't give a fuck I'm not gonna get involved in all this. And uh, you know, not a hundred percent. That's a theme. Well, when I had place, oh. to be. Um, but, but the idea, the van. idea, I wouldn't be out for New Year's. I'd be in somewhere, fairly uh. stationary. And um, so, instead, we went up north. We were in bed before midnight. You was, and your girl? Yeah, it was. We went on a nice hike. You know. Does she live beautiful. in your van with you? No, she has a house. Oh. And, um, you know, it was a nice relaxing weekend out of town in the peaceful nature. Mushrooms are popping up all over the fucking place. Were they the good ones? You know, I don't know enough about them to be hunting in the woods and taking my chances. You know, uh, some mushrooms kill you before yeah. you finish swallowing, you know? like Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, so you just see them all over. You wish you knew more about them because you'd like... Probably one of these is like an expensive edible one that we'd pay for at a restaurant, you know? <laughs> mm. uh, uh, probably half of them are, but then the other half uh, are fucking poisonous, poisonous and shit, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, and if you do take a trippy one, it's like, oh, we oh, ate a what? whole mushroom. <laughs> Wait, a whole one? You're only supposed to have, like, uh-oh. Oh, you're going to get really high Ooh, here in the woods. I love those moments. Yeah, but... Um, and you're in the woods, so it's... No, it's... 
The woods are hella dangerous. It's fucking <laughs> cold up north. You're in the mountains. There's wild animals. It's, it's, it's really good in the spring. It's Humboldt, man. You can fucking fall down a cliff up there. I know we were in Humboldt. I think we're still in Mendocino. Anyways, but, you know, we were in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get lost. Yeah. You can get lost. And uh, so. I actually have a compass with me now, so. On me at all times, too. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> mushrooms are too chancy. It was just nice to see them. Oh, pardon me. And to see how many different kinds we were, you know, because we'd walk further down and be like, oh, wait, that one's like different color. It's yellow, oh, yeah, but not the yellow don't. that the other ones were. Or it's got more. Um... Oh, you were really about to die. <laughs> no, but like looking at them and uh, she knew this. Fuck, I forget the word now. Like ridges or something. Like you know how brain has like uh, waves on it. A brain. Like a human brain. You see a brain. It's got like those waves on it. There's like a word to describe those ridges or something. That some mushrooms have that. Like some of them are like uh, flat topped and smooth. The one the mushroom we all picture. And some of them have like they're growing out of like the side of a piece of wood. They don't pop up the same way as a mushroom, like a mushroom cloud, similar to a nuclear. And some of them just sort of like burst out and have like ridges on them, and they look real gelatinous, even though they're hard. And it's like they have all these. There's like all these ways to describe the formation of that. Were like so you'd see these like different kinds. No idea, man. <laughs> no idea at you'd all. Never seen a human brain in like a. No, no, picture. I know what you're talking about, but it, I don't. And uh, you see, ridges is the perfect word. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. She. I, I believe she 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 might have said that, but I, I just feel it was a, a a more descriptive word, lobes maybe. But anyway, so there's all these different like looks to a mushroom, like whether like the the skin underneath it hangs yeah. or not, how much of a tube underneath there is, the underneath whether it's got like this kind of look or that. The top has all these different kind of look, the coloration, the spots, the spots on the, and it's like there are thousands of ways to just like uh, 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 descriptions of them. You know, so after a while, you'd see like a new one that's like, whoa, that one didn't have the same ridges as this one has. And it's like, so it was like a kind of like. So you were pretty much at a mushroom farm. Not really. There's way more trees and redwoods <laughs> than mushrooms. But you would see little clumps of them and popping up and they'd be popping and bursting and such. It was like, it was just. I actually uh, had a mushroom book one day. You got to get out of nature. Yeah, no, I love nature. Yeah, mushroom. It's like they're so complicated. Yeah, and a lot, a lot, a lot of mushrooms. They look like the ones that you're supposed to eat, but they're actually really poisonous. Yeah, right. Like you gotta like, be an expert. Yeah. There's lookalikes. Oh my god. Um, and the worst part is like, there's a lot of good tasting mushrooms out there too. Like, oh fuck, man. Um, That's what I mean. Like, I know one of these is a gold mine. One yeah. of these, one of these would be fun. <laughs> some of them are just truffle. neutral; they're nothing, yeah. they're just a thing. And some of them are like fucking oh, point. You know, I, like I wish I knew more about it because it's like I'm positive we've got a, we were passing by. But that's also like it's also a thing where like depending on where you are in the environment, if there's like good, you know, things around, there's probably more than just good things than mushrooms. So. Like, oh, for sure. There are acorns around and um, a few nuts and stuff like that. I bet if I was a good hunter, there's probably some decent game meat out there. Mm-hmm. Probably some wild. And what they're eating in there is some feral boars we could have got that are just a nuisance animal. Mm. I like boar. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. So it was nice. Hot tubbing, sleeping late. 
Man, my parents are getting up there in age, too. They're like 60. Oh, you think 60's old? No. I think my grandparents are pretty old. Yeah, that's more they're like it. They're in their 90s. That's more like it. <laughs> they're in their 90s. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty old. Uh, yeah. shit. But, uh, no, they're, they're still getting up there in age, you know. Which means I'm growing older. And that means you're growing older. Yeah, but I'm not shocked. No, I'm not shocked. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a facade guys i i've known i was always gonna get older for a very long time probably when i was like five. Oh, at five you suddenly realize that everyone gets older and dies yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so anywho <laughs> You want to talk about the government shutdown? Oh, man. I didn't even know the government was shut down. I'm not even going to lie. Like, what changed? What's up? Well, let me tell you what changed. (laughs) Um, For one thing, there are government employees who are no longer getting paid. Remember when a government job was like this very secure, safe, dependable job? (laughs) No. (laughs) There was a time... That that was the truth. That if you can get a job with the government, oh, you'd at least have good health care, good retirement, good you know the government's always going to be the best country in the world. We're going to government. And, and Trump uh, took over. Yeah, well, it's happened before with other government shutdowns oh, yeah. where some employees were like, "Well, it's shut down, but uh, we need air traffic controllers." Okay, so uh, it's not. We still have Ascension employees. Uh, well, I don't think if you're going to shut down, I don't think Congress Who is shut a- it down. And why? Uh, okay, well, that's a whole other thing we can get. In. We'll get to that. Let me get to that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Should we get to that first? I feel most everyone knows that already. You're the only one who doesn't. Okay, why'd they shut it down? Uh, over the border wall. Oh, which isn't getting built? Right. And um, because no one wants, because it's not funded. So Trump shut down the government. And everyone's like, um, you're creating this crisis. This is your shutdown. And he said, right, I'll be proud to shut down for the for the border wall. I'll shut it down. So then he shuts it down. And then he's like, man, can you believe the Democrats shut down the government over the border wall? It's like, no, you shut it down. Over the... But he's like, no, 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 it's good. So, uh, so in, uh, in like three days, he went from I'd be proud to shut it down and taking full credit and responsibility for it to uh, blaming Democrats for it, Democrats which I feel like hasn't he done this before? Yeah, but this time it's a lot more. I can show you every quote, you know. But we've could we? Well, I feel like we've done that before. <laughs> like, well, we've done it on other subjects, but this is one where he like explicitly says, "I'm shutting it down. I'll be proud to shut it down," and then explicitly says, "They." Shut and what it are we down. doing about it? Who's we? You don't even know what's happening. What are you doing about it? <laughs> like, I'm making jokes about it on stage <laughs> and talking about it on this podcast. Well, what I'm are the people very that clever, to... I'm making very clever posts on my Facebook about it. Very, very clever. Huh. Well, so what do you expect happening. me to do? I'm a handyman. I teach roller skating on the weekends, man. What am I going to do about it? So nothing's happening right now. I did not say that. 
big country. So there are all these employees who are not getting paid, mm-hmm. and there are employees who still are getting paid. So it's only a partial government shutdown. And um, So who's not getting paid? Park Rangers, for one. Ooh, that's not good. Ah, suddenly it relates. And uh, people are shitting in the parks all over the place, apparently. Apparently, I mean, we have these parks that are like hundreds, millions of acres of parks in this fucking country. And apparently, the human feces there already is... Um, staggering. Apparently <laughs> staggering. Uh, and as I said on stage, we've gone Lord of the Flies already. Oh, it's only been shit. like a week, and the it's like the fucking homeless down the mission are keeping it together better than that. You know, I mean, they do shit in the streets, but they're not. You know, it's only become a nuisance eventually, not immediately. You know, and um, so. Uh, but a lot of these guys are like, some of them just love it so much they're reporting for duty anyway. Some of them are being required to report for duty, even though they're not getting paid. What? Yeah, that's happening too. Why is that? How is that? Because <laughs> that's the way it is, man. You have to report to work. You signed a car, whatever. We're still, you're being t- and you're being told right now by your immediate superior, you have to come to your government job. What are you supposed to, you know, at that point, you're definitely quit firing, uh, quit fired if you don't show up. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, But there's also, oh, uh, people who are just straight up still getting paid for their government jobs. Uh, Like Constitution, Donald Trump. Well, the Constitution doesn't get paid. You know what I meant. You mean Congress? Yeah. Yes. And uh, to me... That's some bullshit, right? Right. Uh, To me, the idea of our government being different, it being a democracy and all that sort of thing, what really made it different was that uh, there wasn't this class of leader. Like the king could cut off food to the poor, but he wasn't cutting off food to himself. And the idea of our country was supposed to be more like, hey, if you shut down the government and fire employees, you first, motherfucker. Yeah. So now that doesn't bother Trump. He's a millionaire. He doesn't, as I say, he doesn't really work for this government anyway. What does he care if it shuts down? Well, obviously, because he shut it down. (laughs) But if he, uh, so like maybe you can't hurt him so much. Uh, but the idea that, like, oh, if it's shut down, then um, so is your protection detail. Mm-hmm. So are so Mueller can get in there. You so, know? Well, Mueller can get in there anyway. But like, all right, no Secret Service, Ooh. no cooks, Ooh, no, that. no valet, that. no guards at the White House. How, how long do you think Melania would be in there? Oh, Melania would be back in New York City. Like, fuck it, I'm Melania. You know, but like, what would Trump do? It's like, all right, government shut down. No more Secret Service, man. Maybe he wouldn't be so quick to shut it down. He sure shut it down over us. Well, the fact is, and so too, and let's let me finish. We need Congress should also not be getting paid. (coughs) Well, first of all, I also I agree with you a hundred percent. 
Because I feel like if because they're shutting it down, everybody else is getting affected. Right. So they but not them. Uh oh. They need to get hit. And I feel like we should take this government shutdown until they get hit so that they can learn better. But they're not gonna get hit. They've already passed laws that they get paid anyway, so fuck it. Oh, they already passed laws that they get paid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But you don't vote, so I know. But you do, so you must be really pissed. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, they should be. They should. They should suffer. So what this. are you gonna do? I tell jokes about it on stage. <laughs> Just tell jokes. What do you expect me to do? What do you expect me to do? Vote. Why? You, because I expect you to. Well, you voted. Right. And <laughs> nothing changed. I wouldn't say nothing changed. Definitely shit I voted for passed. Hmm. And look where it's gotten us now. And you're blaming the so you're you're complaining of where the boat went, and you're complaining to the rower all the time, not rowing yourself. Yeah, thank you. Got it. <laughs> just just clarify. I wasn't even on the boat. Oh no, you're on the boat. <laughs> no. You're on the boat. <laughs> when this place breaks out into Armageddon, you're gonna somehow not be affected. Okay, you're right. I'm off the boat. You're <laughs> I'm a good swimmer. You're on the. You've, we are near the ocean. <laughs> you better be a good swimmer because I'm staying on the boat. Um, so anyway, yeah, the idea they should be citizen number one, two, three, four, whatever, how many, seven hundred of them there are, whatever, and they should definitely be feeling the pain of this shutdown. They shouldn't be able to just like scamper away, because um, they this this wasn't something that really needed to happen. So for all those just because he's not getting there, just because he's not getting his wall the way he wants it, he should be negotiating. You know, I thought he was a good negotiator. He should be do- politicking. Why do you, you ever think he was a good negotiator? He says he's a good negotiator. <laughs> he should be politicking. Somehow he should have knew he wasn't. <coughs> I I didn't know. I didn't vote for him. <coughs> you did I? <laughs> yeah. Touche. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't be able to walk away from this. None of them. Uh, they should feel the pain, even though Trump still would not. A lot of the other guys wouldn't totally feel the pain either. A lot of yeah. them are independently wealthy. Enough of them would feel the pain. They'd be like, all right, we got to do something about this. To be honest, I think the only way Trump's going to feel the pain is, uh, is if when Mueller arrests him. If. Perhaps. Mueller. But this government shutdown is having these ripple effects. I mean, these people are. I mean, imagine you. Losing your job mm-hmm. and not because you're fired, because I know this is totally make believe, <laughs> but like restaurants shut down. You know what I mean? There's a restaurant shut down over this political issue, or our kitchen shut down. You know, all kitchens are. That would be dope. Yeah. <laughs> but, I would be so weak. I'm not even gonna lie, I would be weak because uh, I'd be okay regardless. So, how's your finances? Oh, but I'm not just a chef. But 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 you know but you see what I mean like that paycheck is gone yeah uh, but no, you're not, I get you so some people that paycheck is everything and like that paycheck being gone it's like hey wait a minute motherfucker so what should they do something but that's <laughs> having major ripple effects there's people who's um um but we know medical. it's having major ripple effects now yeah. what do we do something. 
because it's over a stupid issue this border wall which is like impractical not realistic but if we don't know what to do if we don't even have a direction where are we gonna go i don't know okay maybe you could add something to this conversation <laughs> i have which is what do we do <laughs> no that's you just posed the, like what do we do what would you suggest let's see because my suggestion well, is vote for somebody else so but you did be. and it didn't work out because mm. not enough people came with me oh wow sometimes that happens man <laughs> all right so then with this so once again you're looking at the rower <laughs> complaining about where the boat's going I'm not looking at the refusing rower. to I'm row not even complaining yourself. where the boat's going because I already knew it was coming here Oh, did you? You knew it was coming to a partial government shutdown over the border wall. No, I just knew it was going to be a bad few years when Trump won the presidency. All right, that's a fucking... Don't <laughs> pretend you had some superior insight for coming up with that. I didn't, I didn't have any superior insight coming up with that. But, you know, what am I going to do? You're saying vote, 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 and yet you voted. Other people have voted. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Vote again? Some people are making a bigger issue about it. Some people are calling the people they voted for and being like, hey, you got to fucking, you can't do this. And so there's slowly the pain is, the pain is spreading in such a way that it's starting to bubble up. And I think if enough Congress people and, and, and senators hear from their constituents, it'll start pushing back on the, and he'll have to, reopen the government or they will you know uh, they don't he can't shut the government himself single-handedly although he I will did. pension well <laughs> no he, he did it with the cooperation of um, his constituents 